0: Hola mi gente, bienvenidos. Welcome back to all my old listeners and my new listeners. (laughs) Thanks for coming back for real though, like seriously. I've got an interesting story for y'all today, but before we get into that, I just want to mention that I am recording during the day, so it is summer in the background yes you can hear birds dogs barking my neighbor's dogs to be exact and noises so i'm so sorry but i have to record in the day for this one actually the other day somebody messaged me and said they love how serene my background noise is with the birds chirping and i was like what and then i went back and listened and you can just hear birds chirping and i think i recorded that one like at six or seven in the evening so And also fireworks, so once in a while you'll hear a firework, and I'll do my best to try to go around the noises, but we'll see how that goes. I also want to mention that I usually post my full episodes on Wednesday mornings around 6 or 7, and that's going to change because, one, it's really hard for me to get them up on Wednesday mornings. Um, I'm doing summer school, we're almost done, and that's why I want to change some things around so that I can get these episodes up and edited well. I feel like I've been rushing through my editing. I made a mistake on my last episode that really pissed me off, but I let it go. Um, I don't want to stress about it. And I want to have enough time to sit, edit, and listen to it one or two times, which is what I usually would do. Instead of posting Wednesday mornings, it will be out around Wednesdays around 3. I'm going to guess 3 o'clock. And that is so that I have more time to edit and go through the episode. Just because weekends in the summer are full of family stuff. And I just don't have the time to sit home and do research or outline my episode. So I usually do it on Sunday nights and then record Mondays, but the thing is, Tuesdays I work all day, and I don't get home till about 8.30, 9, sometimes 9.30, and I just want to shower and go to bed. I figured if I get it up Wednesday afternoons, that leaves me sometime Tuesday night into Wednesday when I get out of summer school, and then I can have it up for you by 3. Um, just know that that's gonna change a little. I know a lot of you don't listen to it the first day it comes out, but that's okay. Um, Hopefully by the weekend you can, but just letting you, giving you the heads up. I'm really excited. I've got some big things coming up. I can't wait. Um, I've worked at my brother's, he manages a restaurant, my brother, and I've worked at the restaurant for like three years, you know, to make some extra cash. Um, You know, teachers don't get paid well, so... (laughs) And I don't care what kind of job anyone has. If you want to make some extra cash, why not? But given the circumstances of things that have been happening in our world, uh, for some reason, it has caused people to think they need fast food. So, And we're not even really fast food. We're just like it's like restaurant food, but like <laughs> we have a drive through And it's wild the amount of people that come and order tons and tons of food. It's so insane. So the job is just trying and physically exhausting. Even doing like a five-hour shift kills my body. Like I have developed feet issues. I have developed knee issues. And it's not just that job. Like it's both jobs. I stand a lot. I'm on my knees a lot. Um, don't make a joke out of that, (laughs) but yeah, so I'm feeling it and I don't want to feel it. (laughs) So I do, I want to use my evenings to make a proper workout routine that doesn't kill my body all the time and get my feet fixed. I hate that my feet hurt. It's getting to the point where like my feet hurt all the time, even when I don't do anything and that's what's scaring me. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to quit finally. (laughs) And oh my goodness, if you are an essential worker or a food handler during this time, bless your soul because the crap that we have to put up with and then get yelled at for, people disrespect us all the time. And not to mention just like the work environment. I don't care where you work. I don't care if it's McDonald's. I don't care if it's Olive Garden, whatever it is. People don't want to work. So like all of your coworkers are calling off left and right, quitting left and right. And that leaves you, who needs the job or the money, to like put in a hundred times more of an effort. And it's so stressful and exhausting. And so when the news is out there saying, oh, people don't want to work. Well, you know what? You've made these people have to work. These essential workers have to work. You never gave them a break like everyone else had. And... Yeah, they don't want to work anymore. So uh, it's frustrating, but I'm done. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) So yes. And I think I just have gotten to a place in my life where I'm ready for big changes. And I don't see myself working there anymore. It was you know i'm grateful for the opportunity that it happened to my brother you know for hiring me and paying me very well but it's time to move on the whole reason i started working there was to make some more money save money but it's not needed anymore and i have a new nephew on the way and i cannot wait and i want to spend as much time as i can with him just like i did with my v when she was little i spent as any waking second i could with her it's just when they're so little, like, that's when they you really grow that bond with them. It's harder when they get older. My niece is getting older. She's, like, almost 13, and she doesn't really want to, like, hang out or talk. Or she just wants to be on her phone or talking with her friends. And, yeah. <laughs> so it's harder. It's harder to entertain her. It's harder to invite her somewhere or, you know. Yes, I have a lot of new listeners out there. Hola. <laughs> Soy Lore and this is Creepy Chisme, a place where I love to talk about anything and everything creepy. I usually don't spend this much talking about nonsense, but I also feel like I need to build a little bit more of a personal relationship with my listeners so you know who I am, where I'm coming from, and my humor, <laughs> because not every everybody gets your humor. So I feel like the more we talk to each other, the more I share about myself, Think things will get better <laughs> for the show and for me and us. Remember, um, if you have an idea you wanna share with me or a topic you want me to research or a case that you have never forgotten, Email me at creepychismet4u, that's the number 4-Y-O-U, at gmail.com. I'm always open to hearing stories or even a personal experience. But also, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook groups. Just search Creepy Make sure you put a space, Creepy Space Chismet, or it won't come up. And join in. Join in the familia and share your ideas. Let's start some spooky conversations. Today's story actually comes from one of my first listeners to reach out to me. His name is Ricky and it's not my brother. So yeah, Ricky reached out and, you know, told me he liked the podcast and it was interesting and entertaining and blah, blah, blah. So thank you, Ricky. And ever since he's been messaging me here and there and he sent me the other day a message and linked it to a Instagram page. The Instagram page is called The Mexican Revolution, and they posted about a man. Uh, before I get into that, I wanted to share one more thing. <laughs> I know, I'm dragging on, right? <laughs> so I know I've told you guys that I have avoided at all costs watching the new Conjuring movie. I don't even know what it's called. The Conjuring something, right? Um, Yes, I've avoided it because the last two episodes, they scared the crap out of me. I guess I was forced to watching (laughs) my brother and his girlfriend put it on, even though they had watched it already. Um, But yes, I avoided it as long as I could, but they got me. I'm not going to spoil it for those of you who still want to watch it. It's on HBO Max if you're interested. I don't know what to say about it. (laughs) I didn't like it. I did not like it. It wasn't scary. And any movie about Possession usually scares the crap out of me, which is why I avoided the movie. But it was not scary. It was almost a little cheesy. Yeah, I hope they stopped there. I hope they stopped making those movies. But yeah, let me know if you saw it. What you thought about it. Did it scare you? Um, because I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Not one bit. Like, I don't even have a favorite part. So yes, let's get into today's episode. Again, thank you listener Ricky for the recommendation. So yeah, he sent me a link to an Instagram and he asked if I had heard of this person. And his name is Jose Ortiz Muñoz. And I read the little description and I was like, what the hell? So his name is Jose Ortiz Muñoz, a.k.a. El Sapo. Now, Sapo meaning toad or bullfrog um in other words ugly which this man was um the reason he was called el sapo was due to his very large chin his big wide lips and the way he walked he walked with like a hunch so people called him el sapo now before i begin most of this story is all told through storytelling so chisme some of the testimonies were journaled in notes when the crimes were being testified But you cannot find a lot of information on Jose Ortiz Muñoz. First of all, his name is very typical. Like, I probably have a cousin named Jose Ortiz Muñoz. Like, those are very common names. So if you search him online, you got to do some digging. And when I found the few articles I did, they were all very similar or very different. And again, this is due to the fact that these stories about him are mostly through chisme passed down through generations. But the story of this bloodthirsty maniac shocked many. This is the story of El Sapo de Lecumberi. Now, a psychiatrist became so interested in understanding why José was the way he was. It was almost obsession, to be honest. But he studied him and tried to even diagnose him, saying that he thought he had what is called the gunman syndrome, which is a syndrome in which a person murders constantly for no reason. So, José Ortiz Muñoz lived in Durango, and according to another article, it said that he lived near Durango, not in Durango. He lived with his father during the post-revolutionary era. From an early age, his reign of terror sparked, but not much is said about his childhood or upbringing, but I did find that he grew up with just his father, who was an army officer. So I'm going to take a wild guess here and say if he was being raised by just his father, who was an army officer, he had a rough life, a very strict childhood due to the fact that his dad was a soldier. And on top of that, Mexican men are raised to be tough and strong. But that's just a guess. That's not factual evidence. In the few articles I found, there were no mentions of his mother or what happened to her. When José Ortiz Muñoz was nine years old in 1917, he committed his first serious crime. During school one day, he stabbed a classmate with the point of a compass saying he did it because the boy was teacher's pet. So out of jealousy, he killed his classmate. He did go to prison, but he was released at about age 15. He then enrolled in the military, and not long after, he murdered again. So one day, while working, a lieutenant who was pretty well known for humiliating and just being an asshole to the soldiers, kicked el sapo. He claimed that he did not salute correctly, so he wanted to correct him. So El Sapo took a dagger and stabbed the lieutenant to death. He was court-martialed and sentenced to death by shooting. But a stranger, who it's not mentioned who, captured him as a bloody disciple. He knew that El Sapo was someone who would kill without question whenever they needed him to. Now this is where I get a little confused because in the few articles I found it doesn't say if he went back into the army after being court-martialed but I'm assuming you can't but then the stories leading on from here sound like he is still a soldier so I'm not sure who the stranger who took him in was if it was another officer or another branch of the army I I don't know So just keep that in mind. So let's go back to when he was in the army, though, as a private. So, of course, as a soldier, he was able to murder legally and he quite enjoyed it. He recounted fighting during a 1938 rebellion that he killed Sedalistas on sight no question asked and with great satisfaction. He then remembered when Sinarquistas, which were local fascists, Rioted in Leon, Guanajuato, he was thrilled to use a machine gun to attack, even happily stating, quote, blood ran that day, end quote. According to a note published on October 31st, 1941, in El Periódico El Universal, a reporter tells of an account of one of El Sapo's crimes where he stabbed a man to death after he was given orders to do so by his superior. A few weeks prior to that, Jose confessed that he was part of a gang that was involved in assault, murder, and rape. This gang resided in the Federal District. It was stated that El Sapo killed at least 120 people during the riots in León. His fellow companions had to pry the machine gun from his hands hands because if they didn't he would have kept going his friends do admit that one day they knew his antics would go too far and believe me I think that was the day he was just trigger happy and enjoyed killing all those men which is exactly why whoever it was took him because they knew if they gave him an order he would do it and that's exactly what he did In 1946, in Mexico City, he and Congressman Jose Terero got into a gun duel. Of course, El Sapo won, but he was also charged for the murder of the congressman. He was sentenced 28 years in the Black Palace of Lecumberi. After a few years of nothing from El Sapo, he murdered his cellmate simply for being annoying. Now, (laughs) I know quite a few people that annoy me that i could take out but a decent human being would not do it you might do it in your mind but you wouldn't do it and this guy didn't think for a second he was just like you're annoying shank shank so that's the kind of person he was so they kept him in solitary confinement for a good while His sentence was also bumped up from 28 years to 30 for the murder of the cellmate. So the other inmates hated him. He was a troublemaker, and in one article I read that he killed more than just one man, or injured more than one man. One time, an inmate slit El Sapo's belly open. He spent weeks in recovery laying in a hospital bed. During his recovery, he asked to speak to the warden, And told him that he didn't want to murder anymore and wanted to change. So the whole cell block hears the news, and they're all pretty much just like, all right, good for him. (laughs) I don't know, like the warden, the people in the cell block, they just believed his words. I don't know if he had a way of speaking to people, but like the warden was like, all right, good choice, let's do it. And everyone else is like, yeah, we support you. And then a part of me is like, did he really mean it? Did he really mean it or did he say that because he knew he was going to be killed if he didn't? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. (laughs) But after his recovery, El Sapo met Maria de Jesus, who was a maid serving two years in the women's section of the prison. She was in on a charge of theft. She had heard about El Sapo from prison chisme, And it was love at first sight when she saw him. Which is pretty odd because he wasn't a good-looking man. Remember, his nickname is Toad. (laughs) And I'll post a picture on my Instagram at (laughs) creepycheesmet. Go check it out. He is an interesting fellow. Very scary. After she was uh, paroled, she came to visit her man like every chance she got. And eventually... El sapo popped the question, and the loca said yes. So they're engaged, and everybody's like, ¿Qué chingas pasó? Like, what the hell is going on? The majority were like, what is wrong with this mujer? Like, how could she marry this cold-blooded murderer? How could she do it? How could she do it? But she did. And even the Mexican bureaucracy was like trying to figure out how to stop this marriage from taking place. There was no legal law that said an inmate could not marry. So a judge performed the ceremony and added to the ceremony, quote, Both should study the mutual correction of their defects so that their children will find them a good example and a model of behavior, end quote. They kissed and went off to their honeymoon. (laughs) Oh, you think I'm lying? No, they got a honeymoon. Oh, yes, they did. The warden granted them a two-day stay together in El Sapo's cell. (laughs) So crazy. Again, this part makes me think. Was he manipulative? Did the judges and the security guards did they like this person did he have a way with words like what freaking warden is going to be like oh you're getting married you guys can be together for two days in your cell with all these other men horny men around you like what my god so in 1960 after still causing trouble In Lecumberi, he gets transferred to a prison known as Islas Marias. Now, Islas Marias is an island located off the coast of Nayarit and was established in 1905. It was to serve as a colony for prisoners and became famously known for torturing and abusing inmates and was closed down in 2019. Now... The idea of a prison with, like, how do you say high security convicts, right? Is that what you call them? Like, people who are dangerous, right? I understand why people wanted... Like, think of Alcatraz. Like, I understand why they wanted these prisons on these islands. You know, harder for them to escape. Harder for people to come over. I can't remember the name of that social experiment where they had the people pretend to be the guards, and people pretend to be the prisoners. It's a famous experiment that if you took a basic psychology class in college, maybe even high school, you know this experiment. I mean, that experiment proved that you put someone in power, like a police officer or security guard, and they're going to run with it and take advantage of it. So making these prisons on a small island... You're asking for it. And you know things are going to get crazy. And that's exactly what happened here. Just like what happened at Alcatraz. The new president of Mexico is hoping to make it a tourist spot. And get this. A place for children's day camps. Hmm. (laughs) It's like something out of a scary movie. But alright, whatever, Presidente. So Anyway. So he goes to Islas Marias and now he's secluded from his wife. He can't see her hardly ever because he's on this little island and she can't afford to cross all the time. So the wife kind of just disappears and I'm not sure if they never saw each other or what happened there. Again, remember, this is all coming from stories passed on from other people. So while Isapo Sapo was there, he meets a padrecito. His name was Trampitas. Now, el sapo converted to Catholicism and shortly after was brutally murdered. Like, literally, he meets this priest. They become really good friends in a short amount of time. He convinces him to convert to Catholicism, and then he's murdered. Now, reading some of the forums on YouTube, somebody mentioned, and it kind of makes sense if you're religious, that once this person, even el sapo who committed murder and did all these bad things, once he gave himself to God, he was murdered because God could now accept him. And it made me scratch my head and I was like, mm, okay, I can see that. I can see that belief. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do I believe it? No, but it makes sense. So the way he was murdered was some inmates, because remember, they hated him. Even on Islas Marias, they knew about El Sapo, and he was a jerk. He was, he was a jerk, he was still getting in trouble, which is why I think he built this relationship with this priest. And so the inmates hated him. There's also rumor that somebody, somebody got word to these inmates to assassinate him. For killing somebody they knew or somebody they wanted revenge. Uh, I don't know. But it could have been that too. But the way he was murdered was two inmates chopped him up with machetes. That's how he was murdered. So they pretty much just butchered him up. Now apparently the priest... And El Sapo, like I said, they got really close. And when the priest found out that El Sapo was murdered, he asked that he be buried next to El Sapo when he died. Now, at the time of El Sapo's murder, the priest was actually very ill and sick and on his deathbed. And very soon after that, his wish was granted. And they're buried side by side on Islas Marias. So like I mentioned before, All of this information is coming from stories passed down through family, friends, and towns. It's really hard to find any information on José Ortiz Muñoz. Not to mention that, again, his name is so common. Ortiz Muñoz are very popular last name. Old newspaper articles and people's stories are all we have left of José Ortiz Muñoz's story. The story of El Sapo was so horrid that he even had a song written about him. A famous corrido singer named Chalino Sanchez wrote a song about El Sapo. It tells the tale of him and it goes a little something like this. <laughs> So you guys might know that song. I may have heard it before, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm not going to play the whole song because copyrights, right? But I did translate the lyrics, and I'm going to tell them to you. And it goes a little something like this. I'm not going to (laughs) sing. I am not going to sing, and I've tried my best to translate the song. And I think I did okay. (laughs) They nicknamed me El Sapo for being dark-skinned, ugly, and a mean murderer. 99 heads I've sent to the cemetery. If you do too much, I'm resigned, sir. Here on the Islas Marias, everyone respects me. It may be because of the horror that my face causes them. He who fights with me, it will cost you your life. The priest here became my most faithful friend. He told me, Sapo, you are on the wrong path. Get off of the wrong path. That God will always forgive us when we repent. He made me swear before Christ never to kill again. And I do not tend to disappoint him. I will not return to crime. The machete staining the sea because I already threw it in. That happy morning, Sapo was content. Two criminals jump from the thick mountain. With their sharp machetes, they cut his neck. His wake was in a church. The priest began to get ill. The next day in the morning, they had a wake for the priest. Before dying, he told them, Bury me with Sapo. There are two tombs together, that of the priest and that of Sapo. He the priest, went to take him, sapo, to God like any lawyer, on the side of their client like any would. Of course, it sounds way better in Spanish, (laughs) but that's pretty much his whole life story. Um, From the time he gets in prison to his death, and it's actually a pretty good song. Um, It's a storytelling corrido, so it's super cool. Now, I'm sure Sappo was a psychopath and a sociopath. I don't think he loved to kill or that he looked to kill, like serial killers do. But it seemed more so that he didn't give a flying shit about anyone or anything. Which is why it was so easy for him to kill on command. I wish there were more information... Like about his childhood, his upbringing, and his mother, who's never mentioned in any of the articles or stories. Did he have siblings? And also, what happened to his wife after he was put on Islas Marias? Did he have any kids with his wife? They got to spend two days after marriage together. (laughs) That's enough time to make a baby. A lot of unanswered questions that we may never know or find. Unless someone in your family has a story to tell, there's no way we're getting any more information. So that's the story of El Sapo, José Ortiz Muñoz. Very short, very to the point. The point of the story being, he loved to kill and he enjoyed it. Maybe not loved, more so enjoyed, but he I truly believe he also suffered from anger management, which is why he killed his cellmate, which is why when he was killing all those rioters, he couldn't stop because he got so angry. I mean, it's possible. People kill because they can't control their anger. But I also think, like I said, mentally there was something wrong because who can just kill 120 people with a machine gun? And then go home and sleep and be perfectly fine. So like I said, I've never heard that story. Thank you to listener Ricky for bringing El Sapo up. It's a story I'm excited to ask my grandma about. Maybe she knows about him, right? Um, Especially since he did the shooting in Leon, Guanajuato. Because I believe... That's really close to where my family is. But I don't know if they were there yet. Because that was in the 40s. That was in the 40s. So maybe my grandparents were around the area. So I wonder if they know about El Sapo. Now before we go today. I was thinking that you know this story. Is known through chisme. Through people's retelling of the story. And it got me thinking of my favorite leyendas. So. I love legends. I love legends. I always say this from all over the world. I love how they're so similar, but different and unique. And I have a weird obsession with brujas. (laughs) Brujas are witches. And um, I was thinking of some leyendas that I heard. Well, one of these I've heard. The other I've never heard of, but it's really cool. So, el primer leyenda que tengo is called... La lechusa, And lechusa <laughs> is... I don't, I'm laughing because I'm thinking I'm talking about el sapo, a frog, or a toad, and then la lechusa, an owl. <laughs> so lechusa is an owl, yes. Now, centuries ago, a woman was accused of witchcraft in a village. So, of course, the townspeople go after her, accusing her of having sold herself to the devil to gain some type of power or... I mean, you always are trying to gain something when you're making a deal with the devil. Now, the story says that the woman still haunts the town and all over Mexico claiming her revenge. The legend says, if you whistle three times at midnight, she can appear in a few different forms. Another legend said, she controls the weather. So, like, if you hear a thunderstorm, they tell you to beware because la lechuza is out. So, that's kind of creepy. (laughs) She can appear in a few different forms, one form being she can have the body of a lechuza blanca with the head of an old lady, and then vice versa. She can have the body of an old woman with the head of la lechuza blanca, which reminds me of The Witch on Spirited Away. If you have ever seen that animation, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you should watch it. It's on HBO Max. (laughs) Not sponsored. Should be. So what she does is she screeches or cries like an infant to gain your attention and if you hear those sounds you're supposed to ignore them or otherwise she's gonna take you. Now the legend also claims that some ways to protect yourself from la lechuza is of course salt because she hates it. Now a circle of salt is in a lot of witchcraft protection spells so obviously it works people. So I guess that's a way to protect yourself from her and then another way to protect yourself and possibly my favorite way is to cuss that bitch out, get buck wild on her ass, scare her off, tell her to leave yo house. (laughs) Because apparently she hates that. I hate it too. I don't like saying bad words. I hate, ever since I was a kid, like I just don't like saying bad words. So I feel you, Lechusa. I do. I I feel you. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that was the legend of la Lechusa. if you are a listener out there and you have heard a story i would love to hear your version because there are many different versions remember these stories are passed down from grandparents great-grandparents and on and on now this legend i have never heard and it's really cool <laughs> so this one is called el carro rojo de las rujas so this is a legend about witches that travel together in twos or threes. Now some sor- stories say that it can be as many as five. God forbid, but you never know. So the legend says that this beautiful red car travels between Mexico City and Guernavacas. So they are beautiful, lovely women that are just having a good time Ready to party, blasting music, drinking, looking gorgeous. Driving fast down the road, through the montañas, you know, having a great time. But they're looking for a wandering man to pick up and convince to join them. Which is not that hard when you're a group of beautiful girls. So once they get a man to join them, they drive off into a secluded area and seduce the man. They get him excited and ready to um, party, you know? My favorite kind of party. (laughs) But anyway, once they're out of sight somewhere, they use the man for a ritual. Now, bodies of these men are found with symbols on their bodies and blood drained or scratches and cuts or bruises all over them. Some people say that the car is red Simply for the fact that it symbolizes all the men that have lost their lives to these brujas and their rituals. Some even go as far to say that they color the car with the blood from the men. Damn, brujas! Get it? <laughs> so, gentlemen, if you hear some beautiful ladies having a good time in a nice red car, don't fall for it, because you might just find yourself in the middle of a bruja ritual. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that story. But the more I thought about it, I was like, wait a second. This could be a true one. Not necessarily brujas. Or maybe, yes, because brujas are real. Let's just put that out there. They're real. um, And they're good and they're bad. And it. I mean, it could be something else. It could be a cult. It could be satanic. It could be. But I truly believe that, yes, somewhere... One day, or often, somebody found these bodies of men with weird symbols on them and weird stuff, and this is how the legend started. Somebody else said that this legend was probably started to scare men into not cheating on their wives, which I can see. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) But regardless, I thought they were two cool legends that I wanted to share with you. I hope you enjoyed those. If you have heard any of these stories about El Sapo, La Lechusa, or El Caro de las Brujas, let me know. Because, like I said, every story is different and I'm so curious to hear these stories from another perspective. Maybe there's something I missed, completely missed, and I would love to hear it. So, remember, you can always email me at creepychisme4u. That's the number 4, Y-O-U, at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook groups. Just search Creepy I'd love to hear from you guys. I will see you guys Friday for a Freaky Friday mini episode. Those are always fun. Remember, it's okay to be a little creepy. <laughs> Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Cheesemit is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!